0: But it's such an honor to be here speaking with you this morning and before i get into what i feel like god is teaching us today i just want to let you know that no one's perfect that we're all here on different journeys different places in life but god can meet you where you're at i believe with all my heart that god knows exactly where you are he's seen every tear you've cried the bible says he holds it in the palm of his hand and if you allow him to he can transform your life for the better if you just trust him and that's what i want to lean into today we are stewarding stewarding this word over our house that pastor nathan brought to us a couple of weeks ago and that word is trust this year 2024 the year of trust at skybreak church but i want to challenge you and i want to encourage you this morning that Just because Pastor Nate brought the message and talked about trust doesn't mean that's it. You now have a personal responsibility to steward the word of trust that Pastor Nate gave our church this year. So what does that look like? It looks like this year you're going to have some opportunities to trust. You're gonna have some opportunities, and I use the word opportunities because it may not look like an opportunity, but you're gonna have some chances this year to trust god and i want to lean into that a little bit more today our, our scripture for the year is found in proverbs chapter 3 and it says trust in the lord somebody say trust. trust with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to acknowledge consider submit your plans to god and he will make your paths straight this word trust that Pastor Nate brought up a couple of weeks ago in this specific word um, the Hebrew just if you wanted to learn some Hebrew this morning is batah sounds cool doesn't it batah and what that word simply means in the literal sense is to physically lean upon something for support it means to rely upon someone or something for help or Protection And so when, song, uh, when Solomon is saying trust in the Lord, he's saying lean on the Lord, put your confidence on the Lord. In fact, it's used 120 times, this word, but it's used 120 times in the Old Testament. We see it in Psalms chapter 13 verse 5 where David is talking. He says, but I trust in your unfailing love and my heart rejoices in your salvation. We also see it in Psalms 91, verse 2. He says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my, my God in whom I trust. And when this word trust is used in the Old Testament, in this word Bataka, it's literally a verb. In other words, the writers are telling us that trust is active. Trust doesn't mean sitting on your hands and hoping God's gonna do something. Trust is not an excuse for your laziness. Ah. I felt the spirit of god on that word (laughs) you know what i'm talking about though some people say i'm just trusting god well are you doing anything to show that you trust god because the writers in the bible they're saying trust is active it means you have to you have to do something um and in proverbs 3 5 he's telling us that when you trust in the lord it leads to obedience and when you obey christ it leads to straight paths and so What they're telling us in Proverbs chapter three, he's saying to trust is to obey because trust is shown in obedience to God's word. You can't say you trust God and then not do what he says. You can't say I trust Jesus and then not obey his words. So when Jesus says, do you trust me? Are you showing that you trust him? Y'all remember the movie Aladdin? The old one, I'm talking about the good one. Like, I mean, this one's pretty cool, I guess. What was it, 1992 or something? But if you remember, Aladdin comes down on the magic carpet and he extends his hand to Jasmine, right? And he's like, do you trust me? Right, but then she had to get on the magic carpet. Okay, that's not biblical, but it just, that's where my head goes. But trust is active. By the way, trusting God doesn't mean you won't have problems. Look at your neighbor, say, you got problems. (laughs) Look at yourself. Well, Cross your eyes. I got problems. (laughs) So it doesn't mean you won't have problems, but the question we have to answer is who or what do we lean on when things get hard? Who or what do we put our trust in? I can see where your trust lies by what you adhere to. I can tell by the way you respond if your trust is in culture. I can tell by the way you act when things are going crazy in the world, if your trust is in the news media. I can also tell by an interaction with you if your trust is rooted in God. It's, it's, it's obvious. And so whenever you trust someone, you believe them and you follow what they say. We know this as a child. I get this image in my head. You, you've probably seen it or done it, right? There's like a, a parent who's in the pool and they got their little, you know, This kid's got the floaties on and he's like, come on, trust me. And the kid's like, y'all know what I'm talking about. That was weird. Forgive me. But when the parents like, trust me, what does the kid do? He trusts them. You know what that's called? Blind faith. And somewhere along the way, we lose it. But I'm here to encourage you tonight. you can get it back today, this morning. So I want to look at the New Testament for this word that we're leaning into this year. Called trust And if you stand with me, I know I'm I'm doing a little bit different, but we're gonna read from Matthew chapter 12, verse 15 this morning. There you go. Some of you are like, What is happening? We get excited about the word of God here at Skybreak Church. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. That was your second opportunity. I trusted you. Just kidding. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. There we go, verses 15 through 21. This is gonna be our starting point for today. It says, aware of this. Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him and he healed all who were ill. He warned them not to tell others about him. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, verse 18. He said, here's my servant whom I have chosen, the one, in I, uh, the one I love and whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out, till he has brought justice through to victory. Verse 21, in his name the nations will put their hope. Today I want to talk to you from the title, The Key to Trust. The Key to Trust. Let's pray. God we thank you so much for bringing us here this morning. God we're here to to worship you. We're here to Encounter year. No one came to hear me. Lord, they all came to hear your voice. And so I pray, God, that you would speak through me. You know every single person. You know exactly what's going on in their world. And right now, Father, I pray that we could limit distractions and we could focus on you. Holy Spirit, we give you this entire space. We say, have your way, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You could take a seat. So I want to I want to kind of set up some context as to what's happening in Matthew chapter. 12 what's happening in this text you see jesus had just healed on the sabbath Uh, pastor nate gave us a great clue last week he said if ever i think it was last week if you ever hear the word therefore or and then um look and get the full context of what's happening so this verse begins by saying aware of this and so what's happening in this context is jesus had just healed on the sabbath the sabbath was a day in the jewish culture that was a day of rest you did no work Uh, but jesus uh, healed this man. He had, a, he had a shriveled hand, and Jesus said, stretch out your hand. He stretched out his hand. He was healed. He was restored. But the Pharisees, which are the religious leaders of the day, accused him of working on the Sabbath. And so now they begin to plot how to kill him, right? Jesus healed on the Sabbath, and now they're trying to figure out how to kill Jesus. And so the purpose of Matthew's writing uh, is, is specifically to the Jewish culture. I just want to say, I think it's important when you read scripture, this isn't in my notes, but it's important. When you read scripture, understand context, understand the original audience. This message in Matthew uh, was written to a Jewish audience to declare that Jesus is better than Moses. Now, if you go back into the Old Testament, Moses, uh, God established a covenant with Moses. He led the children of Israel out of Egypt into the Canaan land. This was the Mosaic covenant. And so Matthew is writing to say Jesus has brought a better covenant than the one with Moses, which is why in Matthew, Jesus, he writes down Jesus' words. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. So, Jesus was establishing a new covenant with the people of Israel. And so, Matthew is writing this to strengthen and encourage Jewish Christians in their suffering and then in their persecution. He's writing to show that Jesus is king, that he rules and reigns. Over all things, So we see a couple of things. He's writing to let the people of Israel know that Jesus is the Messiah that we've been praying for. The anointed king who established God's kingdom on this earth. He's, he's writing to let them know that Jesus is Israel's teacher. He's delivering authoritative teaching and brings about a new covenant between God and his people. And he's writing to let the, to let the Jewish people know that he is their God. Matthew presents Jesus as Emmanuel, which means God with us. So now that we understand a little bit of this context, I'm going to read this scripture again. Matthew 12. He says aware of this aware of what aware that the Pharisees are trying to kill him. It says he withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him and he healed all who were ill. He warned them not to tell others about him. Verse 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. So right here in verse 18, Matthew is directly quoting Isaiah chapter 42. And he says, here's my servant whom I have chosen, the one in whom I love and whom I delight. I put my spirit on him. He will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed, he will not break. In the smoldering wick, he will not snuff out. What he's saying here is until there is victory, Jesus isn't gonna wreck shop just yet. He's not gonna bring his judgment yet. That's what he's saying. And then he says in verse 21, in his name, the nations put their hope. This word hope is the same word that's used for trust a lot of times in the New Testament. It's interchangeable. Sometimes it says hope, sometimes it says trust. And as a matter of fact, your translation in your Bible might say trust, but it's the same word used in this passage. And so in this one passage, Matthew is letting all of the Jewish people know that our trust is to be put in Jesus. This is the starting point when it comes to talking about trust. Our trust is to be put in jesus this is the very first and most important thing we can do when it comes to trust and this is actually like i said a direct quote from the prophet isaiah in isaiah chapter 42 verse 1 through 4. i'm not going to read it but that's what he's quoting so this word hope or trust in isaiah in the hebrew means to wait or to hope or to expect and in the new testament which was written in greek if you didn't know that old testament mostly hebrew new testament mostly greek It means to hope to to wait for salvation with joy and with confidence to fully trust in so follow me over 500 years prior to matthew writing this scripture isaiah prophesied that there would be someone coming to proclaim justice to the nations to bring victory to god's people now matthew is saying to the jewish people of the day he's saying your salvation the person that you've been hoping for the one that you believing for has been sent by god he is here. So what Matthew was declaring in this moment, the Messiah that we've been trusting for, the salvation that we've been believing for is here. And so Matthew, he's probably making some of the some of the Jewish people mad, because also when it says the nations put their trust in him, what he's actually saying is the Gentiles, unbelievers, finally put their trust in him. So what is Matthew declaring to us in the year 2024? I believe it's this you're looking for something to hope in. You're looking for something to believe in. The object of your trust should begin and end with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Are you looking for somewhere to put your trust? Are you looking for somewhere to put your hope? Look no further, put your trust in Jesus. I could just walk off because that's like the main point of my message. Trust begins and ends with the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. There's one of my favorite songs, It's an old hymn that got restored by uh, Hillsong, and it's, my hope is built on nothing less. If you know it, say it. Then Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust or wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. When darkness tries to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. Church, I'm pleading with you this morning. This year, Pastor Nate has established 2024 for our church as the year to trust. And I plead with you in this year of trust, do not put your trust in things. Do not put your trust in other people. I'm not saying don't trust other people. I'm saying don't put your hope for salvation and other people. Don't put your trust in the election. Come on, put your trust in the unshakable rock of our salvation. And that is Jesus Christ. That's where trust starts. I want to turn to Acts chapter 14, verses 21. We're going to read 21 through 28. It says this, they being the disciples preached the gospel in that city. And won a large number of disciples then they returned to lystra iconium and antioch strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true in their faith some good news in this next line we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of god great (laughs) paul and barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the lord in whom they had put their trust so if you didn't know, the theme of this book, the book of Acts, uh, is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit empowering believers to do what God has called us to do. So we see Jesus, his words in Acts chapter one eight. he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what the, the writer of Acts, which is Luke, what he's saying is that the Holy Spirit is what you need to live this life he says the Holy Spirit is the personal presence of God that comes to live on the inside of you when you choose to follow Jesus and so in Acts we see the Holy Spirit empowers and guides the disciples to advance God's mission what's God's mission it's always to redeem humanity so that's the mission of God and so in Acts we see Jesus sending the Spirit Uh, in his disciples into the world to bear witness to the good news which is the gospel of jesus christ now i'm here to tell you tonight or this morning church that as the body of christ please hear me and maybe you've got some weird theology on the holy spirit i would encourage you to jump into our foundations class you're going to learn more about them but we cannot function apart from the ministry of the holy spirit listen to me the holy spirit makes the gospel the power of god unto salvation it isn't just words it's power and only by the power of the Holy Spirit can the Great Commission be fulfilled. Go into all the world and make disciples. We can only do that through the Holy Spirit. And so we jump back in in Acts and we see um, they're, they're, they're enduring many persecutions. They're trying to spread the gospel. Many of them have been stoned. Many of them are getting thrown in jail and beaten and flogged. And these disciples, in the book of Acts understood that in order to come out on the other side in order to make it through this struggle they had to rely on the Holy Spirit of God to empower them here's what I'm saying trusting in God means relying on his spirit to endure hardships the Bible says not by my might or by my power but by your spirit says the Lord Jesus said, I am sending you a comforter. I am sending you an advocate. I am sing- sending you a guide. One of my favorite lines that I've heard Pastor Danny say time and time again, do you need, to, do you need the Holy Spirit to be a Christian? He says, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. <laughs> Church, we cannot function without the living power of God on the inside of you, empowering you to do what he has called you to do. My hope is built on nothing less. It may not be what you want to hear this morning, but you will go through difficult times. What the old Baptist preacher said, you're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or about to go into a storm. (laughs) But these disciples in the book of Acts, had to learn to endure persecution, immense persecution, but it didn't It didn't matter to them because they had put their trust in God. They had put their trust in the Lord. Listen, we do not have the power within ourselves because if we did, we would have already done it. We have to put our trust in something greater. Listen, I can't explain it other than to say I've lived it. When, When my trust is in my maker, ask my wife, I'm stubborn. (laughs) It's not a joke, this is real talk. I, I trust God so much that the house could be falling down, but I can trust that God has a plan. I'm stubborn. Some of you need some stubborn trust. Not be stubborn in your trust, putting trust in the wrong things. I'm talking about stubbornly trust the presence of God. Stubbornly trust his word, take him at his word. You know, growing up, um, my dad used to take me hunting uh, and I still to this day go, so Ryle, you have my dad to thank for my obsession. Um, my dad's in the room this morning, by the way. And, uh, hi, all my family. But, but growing up, many times my dad would walk with me to, you know, down the trail into the deer stand, but sometimes he would just say, go that way. He would say, follow this trail, you'll see, you know, this tree turn left and you'll see the stand or whatever my, my father would tell me to go that way so follow me follow me he would send me I would walk he was not physically with me but his voice echoed in my head go that way that's what the Holy Spirit is sent here to do is to guide us don't be scared of what Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit is there to guide us so I have to know that in all things God has a plan And trust me, that is hard to do. It is hard when you look around and what you've been praying for doesn't reflect what you're seeing. But I have to know that his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And as far as the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways above mine. I don't have to understand to trust God, but here's what I've learned. I've committed my life to Jesus Christ and the plan that he has for my life. And here's what happens. Trust follows commitment, not always right away. Like you may, you may wake up and say, I trust God, even though you have doubts, like you're human. You're gonna have doubts. Don't get, don't get down on yourself for having doubts, but trust follows commitment. In the middle of our fears, we make a decision to trust God. By the way, trust is a decision, not a feeling. I don't have to feel a goosebump to know that God is working. Are you hearing me this morning? I make a decision to trust. And it eventually becomes a habit. It doesn't happen immediately, but it's, it's building that, the habit of trust. If we will muster the courage to commit our way to God, then we will learn to trust Him. This is why King Solomon, the wisest man in the world can say in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. This is why King David, who went through so much in his life can say in Psalms 13, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation Psalms 91 two. I will say of the Lord he is my refuge and my fortress my God in whom I trust when you put your trust in God it becomes as necessary to you as oxygen I need God like I need breath in my lungs but it is an unwavering commitment and trust me I know it's not easy but it is an unwavering commitment to say no matter what i'm gonna trust in the lord i'm gonna trust in god some of you know exactly what i'm talking about you've been you're you're backed up and you're in the worst situation that you can possibly be but you have this this stubborn trust you say god i don't know the end from the beginning i don't know how it's going to work out i don't know the outcome but i trust you and let me just say this because i can hear your voice in my head I've trusted people and they've let me down. Good, people let you down. Jesus will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never fail you. He's a firm foundation. Put your trust in him. We have to view trust through the lens of the cross. When the Bible talks about hope, when it talks about trust, more often than not, it's pointing us to salvation. The hope of the nations. The God in whom I trust. Trust in the Lord with your heart. I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. All of this points to the cross of Jesus Christ. When you put your trust in anything other than that, it will leave you dissatisfied. And some of you right now, Have a situation in your head where you put your trust in something other than the blood of Jesus Christ and it's left you disappointed so my question to you this morning is what are you trusting in your bank account that job are you putting your trust in the political party are you putting your trust in the economy are you putting your trust in relationships all of that amounts to a hill of beans compared to the cross of Jesus Christ and when I put my hope on jesus and when the cross is the lens of which i see this life hardship has a purpose my life has a purpose unanswered prayers have a purpose when you put your faith on jesus and you view your life through the lens of the cross when that is the filter for everything everything that comes your way can be sifted through the lens of the cross And i want to challenge you this this morning to see the world through the lens of the cross where God's power was revealed through the weakness of mankind and totally completely rely on God's power not on your own skill not on your own abilities it'll leave you disappointed Hebrews chapter 12 therefore since we are surrounded verses 1 through 3 by a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance it takes some perseverance to be a follower of christ let me just tell you run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on jesus y'all culture hear me it's election year culture will try to pull your focus but i refuse to take my focus off of jesus christ i don't bow to what politics are saying i don't bow to what culture's saying i bow to one name and one name alone and that is the name of jesus the author and the perfecter of my faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and he sat down at the right hand the place of authority right hand of the throne of god considered consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart how do you not grow weary how do you not lose heart fix your eyes on jesus trust him i I can't promise you that you won't have pain in fact i can promise you that you probably will have pain and you might have to endure some things but you've got a god the alpha and the Omega who knows the end from the beginning and he has a plan for you but it all starts with trusting him for your salvation Hebrews chapter 6 verses 19 and 20 it says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain that's an Old Testament reference he's saying it enters into the presence of God where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf trust comes from knowing in whom i believe hear this pastor this morning if it wasn't for my trust in jesus christ i would have lost hope by now if it wasn't for the holy spirit of the living god on the inside of me i would have given up but i want to encourage you this morning with the words of the prophet isaiah in chapter 40 isaiah chapter 40 28 do you not know have you not heard that the lord is the everlasting god the creator of the ends of the earth he will not grow tired or weary in his understanding no one can fathom here it is he gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall but those who hope those who wait those who look for those who expect those who hope in the lord will renew their strength will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not faint this is the key to a trust that endures regardless of life circumstances my trust is in the God who holds the universe in his hand the Bible says he breathes out stars he gave his life for me that's where my trust is not in things not in people I trust people but my my, my eternal hope isn't in them. My hope is in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So trust is to obey God's word. Trust is for my life to be built on Jesus. Trust is to rely on the Holy Spirit to get me through. Trust is to commit to Jesus fully. Trust is a decision to fix my focus on Jesus and trust is found in the cross of Jesus Christ. The key to a trust that is unshakable is to put your complete dependence on Jesus Christ I want to ask everyone to stand this morning I asked the worship team to sing this song we haven't sang it in a while but it's so powerful it says the words that I said earlier my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly trust in Jesus name when darkness seems to hide his face I will rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. Let's sing it this way. fact but I should have named this sermon stubborn trust I'm a stubborn person in general (laughs) many people in this room can vouch for that but when it comes to my trust in God I'm stubborn you can't convince me that God isn't good you can't convince me that he doesn't have a plan and a purpose for my life I've seen too much I've been through much I've experienced his goodness too much the Bible tells us to taste and see that the Lord is good Well, I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. And my trust is built on nothing less but on Jesus' blood and his righteousness. This morning, I gotta believe there are people in this room who even right now are just in the fight of your life. And if you're honest with yourself, you're having a difficult time trusting God. Maybe you've put your trust in people before and they've let you down so your your, your filter is dirty and you have a hard time trusting God. But I'm gonna pray this morning that when you leave here that your faith will be renewed, your strength like the Bible talks about will be renewed and you can soar on wings like eagles that you don't have to be bound by the weight and the burden that you're carrying because here's the thing, Jesus already paid the price for that, he already took, he already took the punishment for our guilt, for our shame, for our heaviness and he never intended on you carrying that. But I wanna pray a prayer this morning for those who are just needing their faith built a little bit, and they need to trust God with everything they have, if that's you, can you just place your hand over your heart this morning? If you're just believing God, like, God, I trust you. And in my experience, there's days I wake up and I say it, and if I'm just open and honest, I don't fully believe it, but I say anyways, because the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes from the word of God. So like, sometimes I just say, God, I trust you, even if I don't believe it yet. But what tends to happen, like I said before, trust follows commitment. I find myself trusting God more and more. And so Father God, you see every person with their hand on their heart, who may be facing a season right now where it's difficult to trust. God, it doesn't surprise you how they feel. It doesn't surprise you. But God, I pray that you would prove yourself faithful to them. That when they wake up in the morning, God, that you would renew their strength. Your word tells us that your mercy and your grace is new every morning. And so, God, would you renew in them a steadfast spirit? Get some grit, some stubborn trust to believe you and to trust your word and to lean not on what they see on their understanding on the things going on in culture, that they would lean on you, Jesus, and that you would encourage them by your spirit, that you would fill them up with your spirit and they can walk into their life, into their day confidently, boldly, because they know in whom they have placed their trust. Jesus, I thank you for the confidence that we could have in your name. Your word tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. There is no other name but the name of Jesus. There is nowhere I would rather put my trust than in that name, and so help us, Jesus, to do that. To make the conscious decision not based on a feeling but based on our commitment to you that we could trust you that you would strengthen us in our trust I want to pray for a second group of people maybe you're in the room this morning and you haven't even taken that first step I've been talking about trust is rooted in Jesus trust is found in the cross friend I'm here to tell you that there is nothing greater Than inviting Jesus Christ, making him Lord and leader over your life. In my 34 years, I've not once regretted giving my heart over to Jesus. I've not once regretted trusting him. It doesn't mean that hard times don't come because they do. But my faith is in my Savior. And just when I feel like I can't make it anymore, it's almost like he just breathes new wind into my sails, new new life into my bones the bible tells us that god created the heavens and the earth he created mankind in his image we were meant to be in perfect relationship with god the father but sin came into the world god gives us a choice he always gives us a choice because if he didn't it wouldn't be love but he gave adam and eve a choice in the garden and they sinned against him and they were separated from god and because of sin we are separated from god But God had a plan from the beginning of time. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only Son. That's Jesus, that if you would just believe in Him, you will not perish, you will not die, but you would have everlasting life. Paul tells us in Romans, he says, If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and you confess with your mouth that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And when you put your trust in jesus that hope that trust for salvation when you put it in him the bible says that your sins are forgiven and your past is not held against you in fact as far as the east is from the west the bible says so is your sin separated from you and that separation that gap that was created because of our sin is now closed and we can stand before the father in right standing the Bible word is righteousness. When God looks at us, he doesn't see us for our sin. He sees us through the lens of the cross and he sees you as forgiven. And there is only one way. It's not about working harder. It's not about doing more good. Good people don't go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. People who have given their heart to Jesus Christ. And Jesus said in John fourteen six, he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me, Jesus said. So if you put your trust in him, you can have your eternity secured. You can have that hope of salvation that we're talking about this morning. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you want to make that decision today to give your heart to Jesus, maybe you've been wrestling with it. Maybe you've been coming to church and trying to figure this thing out and the and the Holy Spirit is is knocking on your door right now. He tells us, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens, I will enter. God just wants a relationship with you. It's not about getting yourself together. It's about giving your life to Him. He already paid the price for your sin and mine. And the only thing that you have to do is accept it. So if that's you this morning and you wanna make a decision to invite Jesus into your heart, I wanna pray a prayer with you, but I I wanna know who I'm praying for. So I'm gonna count to three. And if that's you this morning, I want you to slip up your hand and we're gonna pray as a church family. We're gonna pray together, but if you wanna make that decision today on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. If that's you this morning and you wanna make that decision, to invite Jesus into your, into your life, I see it. Thank you, Jesus, I see it. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? God bless, God bless you, God bless you. Say, I wanna make a new start. I wanna give my life to Jesus. I want my sins washed away. I want my past race not held against me, if that's you. Anybody else? Awesome, you can put your hands down. Church, I want you to pray this prayer after me, even if you've prayed it before. Pray it to support those around you that are making that decision this morning. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new person. I believe that you died and that you rose again for me. I put my faith in you. I put my hope in you. I put my trust in you. Holy Spirit, guide me for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Can we celebrate, church? Come on. The Bible tells us that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. Come on, church, let them know. Come on, celebrate with heaven.